Hey there, slimes. This is another episode of The Chronicles. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, If anybody's even dared to listen to this. It was another good week of football. uh, It was a week full of upsets. That, That was the, you know, the any given Sunday motto. It couldn't have been any more true on Sunday. It was a week full of upsets. A week... Week full of great games, too, though, at the end of the day. The Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens going to overtime. Bills-Jaguars doesn't really... The scoreboard doesn't really tell the story, but at the end of the day, it was a three-point game. A lot of close games. you know, A lot of drama. Some officiating drama, especially on, um, on Monday Night Football between the Bears and the Steelers. Terrible penalties called, but... When it's all said and done, it, it was it was a great week. If you love underdogs, if your team is not very good, five hundred teams did very well, and then some. You know, you had your, the typical teams that didn't do well, like always. So, you know, on today's episode, I will be talking about the winners and the losers of Week Nine of the NFL season. You know, I want to start off with some of the winners here. The Tennessee Titans and their big dog stat and their big dog status. For a while now, I you know, many people are calling the Tennessee Titans the Arizona Cardinals of the AFC. It's you know, I, I don't believe they're as good as the Cardinals, but their resume has spoken for itself. They have valid wins against the Chiefs. A big win against the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Rams. I'm I'm forget oh the Ravens am I you know am I forgetting am I forgetting somebody else the Tennessee Titans I think they've shown everybody else that they belong this is you know this is a scene in which they belong um I am going to look up to see who who else the Tennessee Titans have beat because th- th- I mean this season has been quite remarkable for them they've Lost their top player pretty much for the rest of the season now. And defensively, I think they've been overachievers. No one came into the season expecting this team to break the walls on defense. I think the Colts get a lot more respect defensively than the Titans you know, have for the majority of the season. That's what happens when the whole thing is overlooked by Derrick Henry. I figured... I figured this team wasn't going to do very well without Derrick Henry. When you have a 2,000, 2000 rushing passer, I mean, uh, 2,000 runner, 2,000 yard runner there. I had to say it right somehow. When you have a guy like that, the best running back of our generation, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. You lose a guy of that caliber, you, you, you figure things are going to happen. You, you figure the uh, the season could be over. I wouldn't go I never went as far as to say the season would be over, but things were going to have to change if they were wanting to make a deep playoff run. Um they did. Look, that win against Indianapolis did them favors. Not only did they put up a three-game lead, which they still have now uh with the Colts winning over the Jets happening, but they also have it's basically a four-game lead if you think about it. They have 
the tie they own the tiebreaker on Indianapolis. They beat them twice now. Look, this is look these these have been their games all year. They lost the opener, the season opener at home to the Cardinals. I, I it's one of the most forgotten games of the of the NFL season. You know, I, we thought it was typical Tennessee Titans. You don't know what to get out of them. Week two, they go to Seattle, in which it, it was a more impressive win then. We're talking about a team who still had its starting quarterback. Week three, they beat the Colts at home. Valid. They beat the Jets. Uh, excuse me. They lost to the Jets the following week, and one of the most embarrassing losses a team can have. So they go two and two. They thump the Jaguars the following week. Then this is where the, their streak kind of, their streak of bad, I mean, of great luck happened. Well, I wouldn't say great luck, but just of dominance in a way. They beat the Bills in a game. I don't think many people were expecting them to win. Then they go and beat the Chiefs, and they humiliate the Chiefs, 27-3. It was a game where many Chiefs fans still thought they were, you know, they were the better team. They beat the Colts in a game where they weren't. I wouldn't say they were the underdog, but you go on the road against a hot, hotter team in, in the Indianapolis Colts. I thought the Colts were just playing really great football. I thought things were going well for them until they weren't. And then you have the game against the Rams. Look, I wouldn't go as far as to say the Rams played a better game than the Titans. I mean, the Titans played a better game than the Rams. Tennessee didn't do some good things on offense. But they oh look they they made Matthew Stafford throw a few picks early in the game. They they were they were very bad picks. Now Matthew Stafford threw not very typical of what he's done throughout the season. But Tennessee, I mean they their defense their defense caused problems, and they they kept look the Tennessee Titans kept allowing the Rams to move the ball. But we've seen many teams can. Many teams can allow you to run the ball on them. Question is, are you putting points on the board is what matters at the end of the day. And they weren't putting many points on the board. They, you know, they let red zone opportunities go to waste. And, you know, the rest was history. They won by 12. Look, the, you, you look at the game, it just, the final stats of the game, it would probably surprise you a bit. The Rams outgained the Titans. 347 to 194. <laughs> when you, when you look at you look at those stats, when you outgain an opponent by like what is it like by 150 yards, when you keep a team in today's modern NFL to less than 200 total yards, you would figure you dominated that game. They kept the Tennessee Titans to 69 rushing yards. As bad as that was, it's not even that shocking. We knew the elephant in the room going into that game. I thought I thought the game lost a little luster, at, you know, with the with Derrick Henry's injury. I thought you know, you could imagine Derrick Henry against Aaron Donald would have been a really good headline. The Rams are coming, Titans are coming off very hot. The Rams are coming off signing, uh, well, trading for Von Miller, and you know the Tennessee Titans went there and at the end of the day they did beat them, the, you know. Again, the turnovers had a lot to do with that. Forcing the Rams to kick three field goals, I think, was a huge win. 
I mean, there's there's no bigger win than having to force the Rams to get three field goals. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you move you move the needle. If you're not, you know, if you're not really getting the the final product, the final result, that's you know that's what matters at the end of the day. The Rams, they had 18 more plays in the Tennessee. They ran 18 more plays in the Titans. You know, won the time of possession battle. You know what killed the Rams? They couldn't get they couldn't get into the end zone, and the flags 115 yards worth of flags. The Tennessee Titans played pretty much a clean game. I mean, that's you know that you and Ryan Tannehill. I wouldn't say he. I wouldn't go as far as as to say he was perfect. But at the end of the day, that he did what he had to do. The Tennessee Titans. I mean, th- again, this was a very impressive win because we're talking about the Rams. I have the LA Rams as the team to to win the Super Bowl. And I know the Buccaneers are still there, but you, the Buccaneers, in theory, sh- should be the favorite. I think they are the favorite, but I just don't see them winning back to back. I wouldn't doubt Brady, but again, it's been seventeen years, eighteen years since a team has been able to repeat. It's been a while. It's even with Bra- Brady was the last guy to do it. His Patriots were the last ones to do it, but even even then, he's won. You know he's added to his, he's added four Super Bowls to his collection, but he's even he hasn't been able to win back to back. It's tough to win back to back, and I think the Rams, in that case, I think they are the favorites. I mean, they are my favorites to win the Super Bowl. But it's game. Look, the Rams have lost. They lost. They got beat down by the Cardinals this season, and then the Titans. Their losses are good losses. If that if that's a thing. It's like college, you know, when you you have enough, you're trying to get into the college football playoff, and you know they they look at the quality of loss. That's really what the Rams have had. They lost to the Titans and the Cardinals. I don't think there's I don't think there's shame in that right now for the Rams, but you know, I, and this doesn't change my narrative on them. But if Stafford does play poorly, things things can go wrong, and I wouldn't bet on that. One of the other winners of the week nine season, look, the underdogs, all the, I can go, you know, and say, oh, well, the Broncos are the winners and the, the, the Patriots are the winners. And look, the, the Patriots were not underdogs, but this was a week where the underdogs slash 500 teams were winning. Look, what I mean by that is, you look at the Patriots, they came into this week four and four. The Browns came in four and four. Steelers, I mean they came in four and three. Colts came into this three and five. Chargers came in four and three. Chiefs came into this four and four. Broncos came in four and four. Vikings came in three and four. Uh, Falcons came in three and four. Falcons came in four and four. A lot, y'all you, you, you get the point. You, you get the point. There was a lot of teams bubbling around five hundred. Who some you knew were for real. Some you really didn't. I, 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 I kept saying, I felt the same way all year. The best four and four. The best team around five hundred is the New England Patriots. 
And I think the Steelers have the more talent. You know, the record looks better now. And the Cleve, you know, the Cleveland Browns as well. Cleveland Browns might have the most talent of all of them. You know, the quarterback always is going to remain a question. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have to he's going to have to have him throws for 500 yards to to shut the narrative. And until then, it's still going to, even if they win, it's still going to be, well, he's the weakling. And it's unfortunate, but the Steelers, it's kind of the same problem. Although Big Ben, Big Ben's accomplished. He's been a great quarterback. But in the meantime, their defense has been playing so well. And he has, and as long as he's not fucking up, as long as he's not, as long as he's not doing anything wrong, that's going to cost this football team. They're going to win. But the New England Patriots, there's something about it with that team. I know there are a few things. Look, I, I still feel they need playmakers on that offense. I personally still feel they need they need playmakers on that offense. But, and look, defensively, they are very good as well. They're very well coached. There's something like it's it's probably because it's the New England Patriots and they're coached by Belichick, but we've we've seen it all here. They've become close against some of the better teams in the league. Very close, very very close. They're no longer losing games that they shouldn't be. I think at at, at the beginning of the year that was a huge that was a huge problem with the New England Patriots. The, the loss to Miami, I have no you know, nobody can really wrap their head around that with the New England Patriots. Now they're winning game. The, this win against the Carolina Panthers, it shows. Look, Sam Darnold, I, I'm going to get to Sam Darnold in a minute. I thought the Carolina Panthers defense looked terrific last week. But they lost because at the quarterback position, they're just not, it's just not functioning well. And that's just that's just to say the least. McCaffrey came back, but the offensive line can't block. The offensive line's just not good at all. The offensive line and Sam Darnold combined it, it's it, it's a catastrophe, and they have talented receivers. And you can you you everybody saw the frustration on them. You know it's it's. It, it's a problem right now in Carolina, and and it's sad because I hear people saying how they're they should be one of the worst teams in football, and that this that place is a mess. And look, the Carolina Panthers, I'm never gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say they've they've been NFL's you know the NFL's um, symbol of excellence, that they are the standard of NFL football, and that they have some of the best they have some of the best tradition winning traditions in the history of the game i'm not gonna sit here and say all that crap it, it's not true to begin with they were an expansion team in the that came along in the mid 90s but the, they've had some they've had their uh shares of success in the past in the mid 2000s you know even in the 90s they had some you know they they had a playoff they made some playoff runs if i'm not mistaken and then in the in the twenty tens, in the mid twenty tens, they they were a very good team. But right now, the Carolina Panthers are not a, 
are not in a very good spot. And it's not because the place is a mess. It's the holds. Look, their offense is holding them back. Defensively, they're very, very good. Very, very sound defense. Stephon Gilmore played a pretty good game. They have guys on that. Shaq Thompson, they have guys on that defense that are going to make plays. That are going to keep them in games. But we saw throughout this game. It was close initially, but New England just broke out. New England, it's not like New England just said, all right, we're going to turn the Jets on. They just, they were, I mean, they were just playing football. They just were doing what they do best. You know, Mac Jones is, Mac Jones is not, I wouldn't say a world beater. He went 12 for 14 for 139 yards. It wasn't like Mac Jones just, they gave him the ball and said, all right, we're going to cook the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers cannot. How many games has the how many games have the Carolina Panthers not been able to stay on the field? Uh, uh, what's it called? The the offense. That's the issue. The, the Carolina Panthers went three for eleven on third down. Three turnovers. Sam Darnold arguably played the worst game of his career. And that's an understatement. He's been playing some very bad games. I've seen his stats, and, and sometimes when I look at Sam Darnold's stats for the past few weeks, it's like he's trying to make it worse. It's like he's competing with himself how bad it can get. It's a laughable thing. 16 for 33, 172 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, and a 26.3 passer rating. I, that might be the worst rating I've seen in a while. Actually, I, that might be the worst rating I've seen at all. And I don't. I haven't had a history of looking at weekly passer ratings in my life. But from what I've seen this year, that has got to be the worst passer rating that you know that I've I've been able to see. The Carolina Panthers. They're not even out of the playoff race. And that's laughable. That offense is not going to get them anywhere. Even with McCaffrey back, and many people felt McCaffrey being back was going to help. I think he, you know, he's not going to hurt. Unless he hurts himself, but it's not going to hurt. But their offensive line is one of the worst in football. It's it's not even close. You couple that with the 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 mistakes that Darnold makes throughout games. And look, the Patriots defense. This this game you can tell had the recipe of disaster when a defense like Bill Belichick's comes into town. You have he he will take advantage of, of bad quarterbacks. And eventually the Panthers defense couldn't they couldn't keep him in the game anymore. You know, the Patriots had us you know, they had solid games and contributions from everyone. Bolden and Stevenson had good, you know, they had excellent runs throughout the game. Stevenson, I think, had over 100 from scrimmage. He had 62 on the ground, 44 throughout the air. I, I, I've known I've known of his dominance even um, here in college. Yeah, I would have I would have loved for him to come back another year to the University of Oklahoma. But it is what it is. Damian Harris had a touchdown. I mean the, the the Patriots did I mean they won it in typical fashion. 
not sexy, not not exciting, but they they took care of business, and they took care of. I mean, they'll take, you know, they took advantage of the weaknesses of the Carolina Panthers. They did. Chuba Hubbard, by the way, I mean, he had three carries for three yards. Most of his stats came on the air. He had he had thirty three yards receiving, I think, on one catch. DJ Moore had seven targets, but just three catches for thirty two yards. Robbie Anderson had a catch for two yards. When I look at these stats, because I, I don't even have the Sunday ticket pass. It's laughable, but you know, as time goes by, I will I, I will be having to get that. That's what happens when you're a college. That's what happens when you're a you're a college age guy trying trying to do everything on low budget. But I didn't so I didn't see. But sometimes I will look at these stats and say, are you kidding me? They, they look fake. He must have gotten injured. Robbie Anderson catching two yards. That's all I, that, that's all I got to say on that. The Carolina Panthers, I thought, you know, fuck. They fucking blew it with the Falcons the other day. And here they are. They're only four and five. For as bad as they are, they're only four and five. Matt Rule, eventually the speculation on him wanting to leave is going to grow and grow and grow. I think he wants to go back to college. I think Matt Rule is one of those coaches that, he, well, he's just looking for the next best opportunity for him. For himself, excuse me. After after what he did at Baylor, the Carolina Panthers, you know, and I, I almost forgot about the situation. I still have. But I remember thinking he was going to be coaching the New York Giants. Regardless, the NFL came calling. He took the job. As soon as he built something at Baylor, look, I'm not going to say Baylor was building the next Oregon. I'm not going to sit here and say Baylor was going to be the next dynasty in college football, but he built something pretty quick there. He could have, you know, him alongside uh, Campbell at uh, Iowa State could have built something and try to compete against Oklahoma every year. But that was that. Who can blame you? It's the NFL. It's the NFL. But the, now that I'm hearing he wants to go back to college, and, and there's rumors circulating around that, it's like, well. And then whatever college job he does take next, whether that be USC, I haven't heard any rumors, but if he takes that TCU job, for example, you know, what will... You know what will what will the program what would an AD think about a guy who has now moved around a few jobs? For instance, TCU hires him, and and then uh, for example, I'm I'm just throwing I'm just throwing shit out right now. Uh, Florida State calls or Miami. Look, I'm I'm just making shit up, but do you really want to hire a guy who you don't feel might want to stay there for a long time? And yeah, that's that with Matt Rule. Look, the Patriots are five and four now. They're only don't look now, but they're only a half game back from the Buffalo Bills. The first few weeks of the season, even even before the season, the Buffalo Bills were a surefire thing to win that division. It's not looking surefire anymore, and I think the but look the Buffalo Bills are still. Considerably the best team in that division. They got the 
they got more talent. They got better players. They got a, they got the best quarterback in his prime. Yeah, I mean, he, entering his prime, MVP candidate. They had one of the worst losses you can think of. It was a team. It was a team considered the best. Got beat by one of the very worst. But that loss right there, um, that loss right there to put some like half game over the New England Patriots. That will be interesting. I think it's great. I think it's great um, overall for the league. Not that the Patriots are also doing well, but that they're competitive at least. I don't think anybody is dying to see six championships in the next twenty years again. I, I, you know, I will be the first to say that. But I think the Buffalo Bills, they need look. We cannot have another team dominate for twenty years to the level that the Patriots did for twenty years. I'm not dominate is one thing. They had teams who stood up to them. They had teams who they competed against. Even 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 though they got the better out of them a lot, you know the Colts came at them. The Chargers were always good. The Steelers were pretty good in the AFC. They had some certain teams that the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens as well. They had certain teams that would come at them. You know the Broncos when Manning got pretty good. I mean when oh Manning got when Manning went there. I'm sorry. The Broncos got pretty good and. They were the ones, but they never had a team in their, their in their own fucking division to challenge them. They just say, oh, occasionally, occasionally they look. The Bills never did. The Bills didn't even start challenging the Patriots till the final year Brady was there. That was just fucking sad. It, it happened. I think just sometimes it just it's just meant to be. It's just fucking meant to be. Um. The Dolphins, I, th- I think, uh, they, they win like didn't they win the division like one time, two times, one time, the one time they won the division because uh, Brady was out for the year, Brady wasn't even there, and the Patriots, ironically, I don't know how they missed the playoffs at eleven and five. That's the only way. The Jets had a two-year run where they were in the AFC Championship twice, but they couldn't win the division, and they did upset Brady once in the playoffs. I think that's I think that's the biggest highlight of a Jets fan, of a Jet fan that's my age, really. Other than that, every every year the Patriots by the middle of the year, by this time of the year, they were already wrapping up the division. Not a joke, not a joke. They 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 owned that fucking NFC East. It was rare that another team would even get into the playoffs from that division. It was rare. It was rare there. The Dolphins, Jets, and Bills were always competing for one of the for who's one of the worst teams in football. It was terrible. It was terrible. The Patriots, one of their yeah, one of their keys to success was no one in the fucking division challenged them. The Steelers had you know the Pittsburgh Steelers had a great run through the two thousands and even even the twenty tens. Even though they didn't win a Super Bowl, they had success in the twenty tens. But they always had teams challenging them in the division. The Pitts, look, I, I I like to get out of line here, like out of out of topic. I just like talking about all this, but you know that that is the truth. The Patri- the Patriots didn't have teams to challenge them for that dynasty. The Steelers, look, they went to Super Bowls. It's not the same as what the Patriots did, but they they were very successful. The Ravens had two Super Bowls in the new millennium. But both had to be in the fucking division with themselves. Like, both knew they had to win the division, but they were going to have to go on the road every game. 
it was going to be brutal. The Bengals had years where they came at them. And as bad as pathetic as the Browns were, that you know, the division was always somewhat challenging. They always had teams coming at them. That's how some divisions work. That's why some teams can't be as successful as always. And I definitely like that the Bills are getting challenged. In a division where they were supposed to dominate and obliterate, the teams, you know, well, except Miami and the Jets, of course. But the Patriots coming here and saying, not not so fast. I think it's good for it's good for the NFC, uh, the AFC East. The next winner I have, well, actually, I'm gonna continue on the winners. I didn't, I hardly went through some of them. The pa- look, the Panthers of all those teams were one of the one of the losers, which I'll get to. I actually already got to the Carolina Panthers talking about the Patriots game. I'm gonna get to the Denver Broncos. And theirs was even more. The Broncos, I never compared them to the Patriots. I don't think anybody dared comparing them to New England. They went to Dallas, I mean, to Arlington, played a hot Dallas team, 10 point underdog. And I went into that game thinking they're going to play them a close game. Their defense is very good. They have talent, talented players. Their issue has been putting consistent performances, they couldn't even, they can't beat the good teams. Um, they do. They, they look underwhelming. I mean, they didn't even look convincing in their win against Washington football team. You know, many many of those players have complained that they were getting disrespected against Dallas. They did. You know, the Broncos went into that game with a lot of disrespect. Look. I don't want to say rightfully so, but it was rightfully so. There's a reason they were four and four. There's a reason Dallas is six and they were six and one. Dallas, the Denver Broncos went into that game with not a lot of expectations. A lot of people felt they were even as bad as Kansas City had been playing. They were that the Broncos were still the weak league, and the Denver Broncos went there and looked like the 2007 New England Patriots. I mean, they looked there. And it's one of those cases in the NFL where a team plays at their A-plus game where everything goes right. Even the good luck comes to them. Like, they don't even have bad luck placed in the game. Like, that punt. I mean, what is the what are the chances of that punt happening? <laughs> Dallas gets the ball, and the momentum back swings back in their favor. And it's a close game. And the rest is history. That didn't happen. Everything went well for for Denver. They did everything well. The the pass blocking and the run blocking. Look, they they got some sacks on Bridgewater, but you know it's bad when you you, you force a team to go to second and twenty, and with one running play, they're already back at they're already back to the line of, I mean, to the line where they have to get at. They're right to the first down marker. Denver did not struggle. Denver's Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. It, they look like eight. They look like Adrian Peterson. Out, they, they, I mean, they look like two Adrian Petersons out there. Prime Adrian Peterson. I mean, they could not get tackled. They were running wherever the hell they wanted to. Denver's all offensive line look like they look like the, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line from the nineties. They, Terry Bridgewater looked like Tom Brady. The receivers they came up with plays whenever they had to. 
they weren't dropping anything, it felt. The defense looked like the 2013 Seahawks. I mean, th- this team looked like this was their Super Bowl. And I don't mean to downgrade them, but it, it looked like there was a Super Bowl. They they came out there. They came out there and literally went and gave it everything to Dallas. And when you have a and when you have a case of that and the other team playing the worst game of the season, because it's gonna happen. A team's gonna play their worst game. Somebody's they gotta play it's gotta come some sometime in the season. And when a team plays their worst fucking game of the year, an F minus game. A game where it's almost like they're trying to lose on purpose. A game where you look at them like, I think they're trying to lose this game. And they're trying to do it on purpose. Prescott couldn't make any throw, it felt like. It felt like you were if you were watching football for the first time, you would think this guy's a third-string quarterback. And I'm being serious. It looked like it. The offensive line, I think it did a, a decent job. But they were getting on with, – without Tyron Smith, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't hold all the time. The running game couldn't get going. You would think the receivers look uh they weren't even elite. You would think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are guys who I mean they, they could not make anything happen. As soon as we were as soon as we were about to get a first down, Cooper drops a wide open pass. Lamb couldn't make anything happen. Even Pollard dropped the catch that made me very disappointed. Nothing went right for Dallas. Everything went right for Denver, and that's why you had the score, the score that you had, the kind of game you had. That's that's what happens in the NFL when a team, and it doesn't happen a lot. A lot of times, a team is starting off terrible, and the other team's not doing very good either. And that's why games become close, and teams are able to make comebacks. Denver did. Dallas couldn't get a first down to save their lives. They couldn't stay on the fucking field, and their defense just wore out. That was a defense that wasn't playing very well. Just wore out, and Denver net didn't hold the back. Denver did not make silly mistakes that kept Dallas. Lee. That block, that that pump block was supposed to be it, and it's like, no, we're not. Today's not the day. We're gonna give it to Denver, and Denver literally did not hold back. I mean, they played like their lives depended on it, and it, to me, the only question with the Denver Broncos now is. Can they continue to? They are one of the big winners of this. Of this because also they needed this. They go four and five, and the Chiefs winning today. I mean on Sunday, Chargers winning again. The Raiders. I mean they're still five and three. You don't want to fall behind for everybody, but now they're not. They're five and four. Five and them and the Chiefs are five and four, and they're the worst teams in the division. That division is the best one. The North and the West are going to compete. I think the the North is the better division. Record-wise, the West the West is pretty good record-wise. Denver's going to have I don't think anybody doubted the talent the Denver Broncos had. No one did, no one doubted the talent that the Denver Broncos had. What people are doubting is can they put a string of consistent performances? Look, they beat the Giants in Week 1. They beat the Jaguars in Week 2. They beat the Jets in Week 3. They, But then they got beat bad by the Ravens in Week 4 at home. Got beat by the Steelers in Week 5. You got beat by the Raiders in Week 6 at home. Then you got beat by Case Keenum and the, the Browns in Week 5. 
you know, I think I'm wrong on the weeks, but you know, you get the point. They lost to the Browns. Then they lose to the Denver. I mean, they, they barely beat Washington football team. There's a reason they were underdogs. There's a reason there's a reason it's so shocking that they won the way they did. Against a team who had beaten almost just about everybody. Their next game is at home against the Eagles. If they can play I know they're gonna have a lot of momentum. Eagles are not gonna be an easy out. The Eagles are not gonna be an easy out. But here's here look, here's the schedule. They got the Eagles at home. I think they should be able to win that game. If the if the Broncos find a fucking way to lose to the Eagles, I don't care. I don't I don't care what they do the rest of the season. They're not gonna get respect by many of the media. Many people in the media because how do you beat D- Dallas and then lose to Philly? How do you beat Dallas and lose to a backup quarterback from Cleveland? You know that that that's the thing with Denver. They'll have Philly. I expect them to win. Then they got. I mean, their next two are at home. Then they after that they got the Chargers at home. That would be important if they beat the Eagles. We're talking about a game with huge playoff implications. Then they go on the road against the Chiefs. At, at the rate both of them are playing, I, I I would love to see that. They got Lions at home. And then they got the Bengals at home. Raiders on the road. Look, their schedule is not going to be easy. I think it's it could be worse. It, their schedule could be worse. But now that they knocked Dallas out, after the Philly game, they got the Chargers twice. They got the Chiefs twice. They got the Lions. I, th- I think they should win that game easily. They got the Bengals and they got the Raiders. They're five and four right now. Hmm. They would need to go. You know, th- I think that I can see. I can easily. I can easily see. They have eight games left. I think I can easily see this team go four and four. That's nine and eight. Five and three is very possible as well. It's very possible. Look, they, they're going to have to beat the Chargers in one of the games, and they're going to have to beat the Chiefs in one of those games. I think they're going to have to beat the Raiders. They're, they can't lose to the Raiders. If they lose to the Raiders again, It's it, they got swept by them. They'll have to beat the Raiders in the game they had, and they have to have a one win against the Chiefs, one win against the Chargers. They'll have a win against the Lions. That's four already. That's, that's already four wins. You beat the Eagles... In this upcoming week, that's five wins. It's very likely they can get five wins, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get three wins. I, look, I I expect Dem- Denver with this win really saved their season. They really did. Um, it gives them so much confidence. They will go if they can go five and three the rest of the way. They're what ten and seven, and it things will have to go terribly wrong. For them to be ten and seven to miss the playoffs, which is likely as well, by the way, with the way things are shaping in this division, and the, look, the rest of the teams, there's a lot of teams fighting for that wild card. That's also why they can't lose ground. And also, here's the thing: the Chargers, they beat they can if they can beat the Chargers in a game, or even two, or same thing with the Chiefs. You know, you're beating them. They're, they're teams that you're fighting for the same spots. And anytime you can beat a team that's also trying to get in, it's very, very beneficial. But the Patriots, but in terms of wild card, because I know the the Broncos, they're they're in, they're not in a bad spot in terms of the division race. 
the Denver Broncos are only a half game back in the division. It's it's very tight. Now, the, am I saying they're as good as the Chargers? I don't know about that, but I did. I mean, a lot of people did have Denver and LA in the same realm before the season started. But say the division starts to kind of get away from them a little bit. The wild card's another big one. And the wild card, that seventh, that five, six, seven seeds, those are going to be very, very interesting this year. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. Actually, I'm going to get to that later because it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very fascinating, very fun. I know the NFC, the NFC for, for a different reason, that seventh seed is going to be a, a – a shit show to watch. It's going to be fun, but it's a shit show as well. I mean, those teams, none of them are playoff worthy. But one of them is going to have to get in. The They should let one of the AFC teams go. I mean, I'm serious. This reminds me of when back in the, not even long ago, really, for many years, the Eastern Conference had so bad compared to the West. It was so bad. LeBron was winning every year because there was no one that could compete with him on a the only time anybody competed him was the Celtics. But the point I'm trying to get at was the whole East was just terrible. Nobody nobody cared about who the eight, seven, six, or even five seeds were. Like they were just all bad. They were like a one it was whoever LeBron was playing for, and maybe one or two teams who could beat him in a few games. And that's it. The East was just very bad. I know they had their moments, but they they were bad overall. The West was <laughs> The, the sixth seed could be the one, number one seed in the week. I mean, it, it was it, – it, they were just two different conferences overall. And right now, I mean, the only – that's the closest thing I can see to it. Like the Eastern Conference, the the race to who was the eighth seed, I mean, it just wasn't that fun. Whoever came out eighth in the seventh or eighth in the Eastern Conference was below 500. Everyone, it felt like every year in the West, whoever was the seventh or eighth seed, Whoever was seventh or eighth in the Western Conference, they they were at they had like fifty wins. They there was times where the seventh no there was times where the eighth seed in the West would get could have gotten in a four or five seed in the East. Not a joke. That's how much it was. I'm telling you this year, a team, a team who misses one or two teams, three teams who miss that final spots, some of the final slots in the AFC, they would have easily have gotten in in the nfc and even upset a team in in the nfc so the nfc is top heavy but after that it's not it's not very fun the afc it's a from who from the best team to that 10th best team it's it's going to be a battle it's going to be a battle um the rest of the winners i have it all in my uh on uh on some notes. Part of the winner, look, the Patriots were huge winners. The Denver Broncos. What about the Cleveland Browns? The Cleveland Browns. And I know there was a lot surrounding OBJ. I think you should go to the Saints, by the way. But I figured OBJ was not, look, Baker Mayfield was not the root of all evil in Cleveland. Many people felt that way. Look, Cleveland, look, Baker, excuse me, Odell is a talent. He, he He's very talented, but 
many people in the media were out to crucify Mayfield as if he's kind of telling him, man, you're the reason why May- OBJ's leaving and all this other crap. It's like, this is not the first time a receiver's wanted to leave. And there's been better ones too. This is not the first time a receiver's wanted out of, of playing for a team. It's almost like receivers are the, the, the main. And the quarterbacks, it happens, it happens with quarterbacks. And look, re- the receivers, we've seen this in the past. Antonio Brown, uh, even back then, to, uh, Terrell Owens. It, it just happens with wide receivers in which they're not happy. I mean that the problem as a receiver is you can run the best route you can you can break the ankles out of a, a corner but if you're not getting the ball at all after doing that you're it, you almost I can understand it. you feel like you're just wasting your time and when you don't have a quarterback giving you the ball it can be a lot of a lot of the happiest receivers you know they got elite quarterbacks giving them ten targets every game ten to fifteen targets I mean and they're getting big numbers and touchdowns. And yes, I understand Odell's frustration, but at the end of the day, I don't think the Browns are sweating it. They went to the playoffs without him, without him in uh, this past season. They went eleven and five, and even beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And I don't care how the Steelers are playing; Browns fans would take that. This season, you know, things haven't been. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. They got off to a good start, like expected. Then they dropped games. And then I think last I thought last season's loss to Pittsburgh could have been could have been the the thing to seal it. Considering Pittsburgh and Cleveland and the rivalry they had, losing to a, a, a tough rival at home is it's just brutal. This was the best way to rebound. It, it, this really was. You go to Cincinnati, you go you're going to a team. You're going against a team who, look, I understand the Cincinnati Bengals are coming off. They're they're coming off a very very bad loss. The Bengals are coming off a very, very bad loss to the Jets. But many people are like, oh, they're, they're at home. The Bengals, um, the Browns don't look their sharpest on offense. The Bengals should be able to take care of them, right? Well, that wasn't the case. The Browns won by twenty-eight points. Look, I'm gonna. I will bring up this. They had eleven first downs than the Bengals did. The Browns. I'm sorry, I got a little. But the that's you know you know and that's a huge thing. They won this game because they forced two picks, a pick six. Their third down defense was terrific, and they didn't have turnovers. They just wouldn't turn the ball over. Baker Mayfield didn't. Baker Mayfield didn't throw for two, three picks out there, and and he's never been the guy to throw for that many picks all the time. But he wasn't going out there and fucking the team over. He did what he had to do, taking what the defense gave him. And he had probably the best passer rating, I think, if I believe, of the whole season. 132 passer rating. They also won because they just fucking outrushed the Bengals, which that's what they've been needing to do. That's why they lost to the Steelers, because they also could not run the ball. If they can't run the ball, they can't expect Mayfield to carry this team either. As long as Nick Chubb is there, Mayfield will be okay. He will be all right. Nick Chubb, 
14 carries for 137 yards, two touchdowns, 26 in the air. They, I mean, their defense is it's terrific. I don't, we don't really need to go into details about that. They, they have been even at, even even in Cleveland's worst games, they will, well, besides the Chargers game, but their defense, they always tend to show up, and they did against the Cincinnati Bengals, who, again, their offense. I mean, everybody, they're catching everybody, everybody's attention. Joe Burrow and the Jamar Chase thing going on. Higgins is a very good receiver. They got Mixon. You know, very, 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 very highly regarded team so far this season. They're very young. But look, Cleveland was able to put pressure on them. And the Cleveland Browns, they needed this win more than anything. And now, you know, I was talking about the teams near 500. The Bengals now fall to that list with a loss. And the Bengals are technically the worst team in the division now. And, I mean, if you look at the three teams, if you look at all the four teams in the division, they probably are because they're the least experienced. They don't have a very good defense. And their offensive line, if there was any game where this really got showcased of how they much how much they've needed to protect Joe Burrow, this was it. This was the game. The Browns, how many how many sacks did uh, Burrow get? He got he he got sacked five times. He got he picked off he got picked off two times. I think they had a fumble as well. They couldn't they just couldn't get touchdowns either if they did move the ball. Three for eleven on third down. I mean they got blown out even though they won the time of possession battle. Also, Mixon, you know he didn't have the best of games, but he still added on. Added in with two touchdowns. Higgins had a solid game. Jamar Chase, six uh, six uh, receptions for 49 yards. He had 13 targets, though. He had 13 targets, though. And, look, I, I the secondary, they it was a good matchup for the Bengals. The secondary played a very good game, too. The whole defense is very, very good. The Bengals... The Bengals, I mean, they're, this is a part of growing up as as a young team. I think the Bengals, of all teams in this year's, you know, throughout the course of the season, they're going to be one of those teams that they're not going to get shit for losing games because they're young. When you're young, that shit happens. It's the truth. It's the truth. That stuff's going to happen. It just depends on expectations. Herbert's gonna get shit for what happened, whatever the fuck happens for the Chargers, because they did come in with sort of expectations. They kind of came in as a, a playoff team, talent-wise, prediction-wise, expectations. The Bengals did not come with shit. We knew the talent they had and everything going forward, but they obviously they look more mature for their age. But they didn't have expectations, and the whole division's just brutal. I know the the West is the West is as well, but I'm talking about bru- I'm talking about like brutal. Like these guys, any team in this division, uh, division, division could win a playoff game. The Browns, we've seen it happen. We don't need to uh, underestimate what the Steelers can do under Tomlin, Big Ben. Very talented. The running game is unbelievable. Their defense is. I mean, their defense is top notch. The Ravens have the best quarterback in the division. They have. They might. They might be the best offensive 
team in the division as well. And they are the best team overall. I mean, they they are sitting at six and two. And that's the last team you want to play in a close game, the Ravens. In a playoff game, I think the Ravens, I don't know what to think about Super Bowl aspirations, but I don't think you want to play Lamar Jackson in late in the fourth quarter. You don't not you do not want to do that. You do not want to do that. Here's the thing I noticed about this division as well. Everybody has everybody has the team that they they would prefer and they won't prefer. They all have strengths and weaknesses, but some teams are meant for the others. Browns prefer to play the Bengals. Bengals prefer to play the Ravens. Who who are the Ravens? The Ravens would I think they would prefer to play a team like the Browns. I think I, we haven't seen Steelers Ravens yet so far this season. If I'm, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Actually, I'm gonna check that right now, and I'm gonna see when the next. Uh, I am going to check when the next Steelers Ravens game is, and I am gonna to get to the Steelers in just a minute too. Yeah, they they're gonna they're gonna play each other many times this season. They will play each other many. They'll play on December fifth in at Heinz Field, and they they'll play each other at in Baltimore to end the year. That will be a huge one if Pittsburgh continues to win. That will be a huge one if Pittsburgh continues to win. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been one of the, the one of the hotter teams in the NFL so far this season. Throughout the first few weeks of the season, man, I, I, I could not tell you that. I could not tell you that directly. They didn't look very convincing. Even some of the wins they they were starting to accumulate didn't look very convincing either. Look, they win ugly. That's the thing. Their win on Monday night against against the Chicago Bears. It was vintage Big Ben towards the end of the game. He had to do what he had to do toward to win the game. He looked like I mean, he looked like his old self for once. It looked like the Bears I mean First of all, what a valiant effort by the Bears. But the Steelers, they, they came up with a huge win in clutch time situation. They had their moments. Uh, you know, they, they almost blew the game for themselves. They were up 20-6 to six in the fourth quarter. I thought it was going to be one of those wins where – I thought they were going to hold them to six points. I just thought – the way their defense is playing, they're going to make some more plays. Um, I think that was just all credit to Justin Fields. But at the end of the day, the Steelers, huge win at home on prime time, 5-3 and three now. And they, at this point, every team in this division just needs to get wins one way or another, and even more importantly, against themselves. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, it only gets better. I mean, it should only get better from here on out. They got the Lions next week. Uh, I mean, that, I, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't even know about how much they're going to win this game by. They're on a, right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're in a stretch of, like, the Steelers are one, two, three, four, five, six. They're going to be in a, a, in a stretch of six home games and eight games. 
I'm not joking. They they've they played um, in week two. They played the Raiders at home. Week week three they played the Bengals at home. Week four they were on the road. Week five they played the Broncos at home. Week six they played the Seahawks at home. Week eight, you know, they had to buy it. Then they go on the road to play the Browns. And then this week nine, they played the Bears at home. And then they get the Steelers, I mean, the Lions at home. Again, six home games in in eight games. Not, not freaking bad for the Steelers right now. And if they can win this game against the Lions, they're, they're up to six and three. And then it starts to get very interesting because they got the Chargers on the road. I, I wouldn't, you know, the Chargers are not much of a, I, it's not much of an intimidating uh, home crowd. Expect that place to be half packed with Steeler fans. And then they got the Bengals in Cincinnati. I think the, that's going to be the most anticipated Bengals home games in a while. Then they, they play the Ravens at home. They got the Vikings on the road. And look, Say what you say. We can say all we want about the Vikings. They're always a tough out. Homer on the road. They're just always a tough out. Then they got the Tennessee Titans at home. Then they go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs. And who knows how they're playing by that time? I think it's going to be one of those ugly wins for them. Then you got the Browns at home, and then they end the year in Baltimore. There is after this game against Detroit, there will be no gimmies for the Steelers to end the year there will be they've played one of the tougher schedules too they play one of the tougher schedules too they've played the bills already they've played the raiders they've played the Bengals. they've played the packers they've played the broncos i think the seahawks game was the easiest game they had i don't that was only because russell wilson didn't play but in theory the the seahawks and, and that was just when they were not playing well too that was that probably came at the right time, but look, they the Bears and the Lions are probably the two easiest games of the whole year, and the Bears even made it tough on them. So yes, after the Lions game, they're going to have their hands full. They will have their hands full. The Cincinnati Bengals, they will have their hands full as well. Look, not many people have expected a lot from the Bengals, but. There will be stuff to be said if they just go on a downward spiral, and I don't expect it to. Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. He's going to be, if healthy, a very good quarterback for a very long time. That right, There is going to be a rivalry between him and Herbert for many reasons. They were both in the same class. I mean, they, they were just they're just great, great players, very good players. But look, the Bengals after this, they go play on the road against the Raiders. Yeah, that, that's a tough out. That's a tough out. That's that that is always a very tough game, but I mean, that will be after the bye week. Then they have, they host the Steelers, then they host the Chargers, then they host the Forty ers And look, the Niners are always going to be a tough out. Then they go on the road to Denver who at that time is probably going to be in the same situation as them, trying to get into a wild card. Then they got the Ravens at home. Then they got the Chiefs at home. And then they end the year in Cleveland. The one positive for the Bengals here is 
they are going to end a lot of games on the road. Keep in mind the Bengals, the Bengals had a stretch of three straight road games in October, in which uh, they won two of them, and the one they lost, it was probably the one they, sh- the one nobody thought they were going to lose. But they are going to have a lot of home games for the rest of the year, tough home games. But they're going to have, they're going to play, they're going to play some tough teams, but they're going to get some help by playing at home. The Cincinnati Bengals are five and four, and similar to the Broncos, I think they're going to have to be. Well, I can't predict anything because they're all going to be killing each other in that conference. But I think if they can go five and three, I think that would be more than enough. Look, I don't, ex- I don't expect them to beat everybody. I don't simply, but I think they're going to have to win. One against the Steelers. I, I think that's just going to be crucial. That is going to be very crucial to beat the Steelers. And I know they've beaten them already, but that's going to be crucial. Then you got to play. I think you have to win the game against the Niners. You have to win You have to win that one. Not a gimme, but you got to win that one. You have to win. I will say you need to win that last game against Cleveland. Cleveland and Cincinnati to end the year. If you think Baltimore-Pittsburgh, if you think that's going to be the and look, it all depends on how they all end. Anything can happen from here on out to the end of the season. But Cincinnati-Cleveland is going to be very interesting in the last on the last day of the season if it comes down to down to it. They have to beat the Chiefs. They have to beat the Chiefs. Um, look, at the end of the day, I can see them losing five of these games. I can see them winning five of them. I think six and two. Now that's asking for a lot for the Bengals. Keep in mind, Pittsburgh's going to be on their trails, uh, or they're going to be on their trails. The Ravens, Ravens are probably in a better spot, but you know they've been in the playoffs more often in recent history. But they have no gimmies either. It's going to be very, very interesting. Very interesting. Baltimore, you know, I can't go away without talking about Baltimore for just a little bit. They're not part of the the winners group that I made. But the Ravens, you know, they're 6 and 2 now in a game where they came from behind and beat the Ravens. I mean, excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're going to be in a spot where they're going to have to run the ball against these teams. All these teams in the division can run the ball very well. And they are going if it comes down to a brutal game in November, December, in the rule, well, at the end of November and in December, you know, this is when they're going to have to win. This is when they're going to have to win games. But I, I trust the Baltimore Ravens. I trust the Ravens. And, you know, what other winners are there? Not the Cowboys for sure. And I, look, it was obviously the losers were the favorite, were some of the favorites. The Atlanta Falcons. You know, how can I go without talking about the Atlanta Falcons for just a little bit? They are one of the worst teams according to DVOA. Every win they're gonna get from here on out is gonna be some kind of close win. The Saints, I, the Saints, had they not gone out to a tough start, they would have won this game. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. That Cordell Patterson throw was clutch. That throw from Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan's going to have to play like this if they want to continue to win games. 
their next game's at Dallas, who just got mopped. And yeah, that's their next test in our in Arlington. They're four and four. They have got to be the worst four and four team of the entire league. But that's why you play the games. Like their point differentials just bad too. It's minus forty five. That's not a that's not a joke. They're they're minus forty five. They're one and three at home. Three and one on the road. One and three at home. You know you you know you're a scrappy team and unpredictable. When it, it doesn't matter where the hell you play, you're just winning some games and you're losing some games. That that shows you something. When you're winning more games at home and you're losing some on the road, it's because you know it's just you know how it's supposed to happen. One and three at home. That's how the hell do you even? How the hell do you? How, how do you even come up with that? How do you come up with that? They are one of the they are one of the best road teams in football. Seriously, only the Cardinals are better than that. The Saints, the Cardinal, they're pretty good on the road. The Packers are four and two on the road. The Chargers are good on the road. The Cowboys have been good on the road. Tennessee, the elite teams, the elite teams. Now, the losers. I already went over the Bengals. The Carolina Panthers, do I have to continue? Had they got off to a terrible start? I mean, they are in the conversation for one of the worst teams. Carolina and Atlanta. I mean, imagine having, if they played 10 times, who would, who would we, who would we bet on? I think the Panthers are slightly the better team because of their defense, but there's going to be, there'll be games where Matt Ryan shows up. I mean, they those teams, for, for what the record says, it just it tells you something. There's something there, but it's just never, it's just never a complete product for neither of those rosters. What about the Raiders? Oh, actually, you know, actually, I'm gonna go back to just for a second on the winners, the New York Giants, and I, you know, how can I forget this? I was about to mention the the Las Vegas Raiders is one of the losers of the week. What about the, the Giants? And look, the, sure, maybe this win doesn't mean much. They're just a three and six team, but I felt I, I felt like I've seen this coming already. Like seriously, I felt they've been playing a little harder throughout the last few weeks. That loss to the the Chiefs hurt. <laughs> the Chiefs didn't deserve to win that game either, and the Giants come up way with a huge win here. At home against the Raiders. And look, the Raiders, I kept saying all, all year, they're not trustworthy. And they have so many things going on on this team. They're, they're, not a, they're not a trustworthy team. One bit. But, they, they, I mean, this was an opportunity. And look, I'm not saying the Giants are a pushover, but they're not necessarily world beaters. This was an opportunity for the Raiders to separate themselves from the rest of the division. I know that sound. I know that sounds like asking for a lot, but right now they're now tied with the Chargers at five and three, when they could have been six and two. By the way, they don't have so far. They don't have a tiebreaker on the Chargers. They're going to have to beat the Chargers in their next game, or else the Chargers own them. They could have been six and two in a division where it's getting very crowded, and a wild card race that's going to get crowded. And the you know the playoff race is going to be intense. The Raiders are going to be in the thick of things. 
And I think even had they won, they still probably would have been in it. But six and two, you need to pile up as much wins as you can. And six and two would put them in a real in in a real good situation. Well, that's not the case anymore. They got upset by New York. And you know, what 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 else can we say about that kind of that kind of performance for the Raiders? That I mean, that one probably stings more for the Raiders, just considering they could not get in the end zone. It felt like the whole game they could not get in the end zone. Derek Carr would make a mistake, or they had to go for a field goal. I mean, that it, it was just awful. Yeah. The only other game I can think of that was that bad was the Packers-Chiefs in terms of just wasting mistakes. Green Bay kept missing field goals. And I know Jordan Love wasn't a world beater, but they kept missing field goals too. They lost by six in a game where they missed six points worth of field goals. But look, this is this is what I mean by the rate. They had more first downs than the Giants. They outgained New York 403 to 245. That's if you if you're losing by outgaining your opponent that much, you kind of know what happened then. You know what happened. And you ran it means you move the ball down the field with ease. And you couldn't do anything about it. Football's, you know, football's a unique sport, and I and I've said this too, football and even soccer to a degree, even baseball to some degree, but I say mostly football and soccer are the two sports, in which you can dominate your opponent, you can outplay your opponent, you can destroy your opponent, outmaneuver your opponent, and still lose. They're the only two sports. You can't outplay your opponent and lose in basketball. It doesn't work that way. There's too many possessions. Baseball, it doesn't happen often, but it can happen. It can. There's times where a team would have 10 hits. The other one would have like three. And the one with three would probably win because two of them were home runs. The other one, the other one with 10 hits left everybody stranded on base. It happens. It can happen. It doesn't happen often, but it happens in baseball as well. In soccer, it happens. A team would have 60% possession, 15 shots on target, and the the team they lost to would have, would have had like four shots on target, but two of them went in, and the team went 15, none of them went in. And they had all the possession, they were attacking all the game, and they couldn't get the ball inside the net, and the other one did. It, that's soccer. It happens. And in football, it happens as well. You can move the ball down the field, Destroy your opponent. Keep going. Keep going. But when it all comes down to it, you couldn't get in the end zone. And say you went for a fourth one and couldn't get it in. A fourth and goal. Or you go for the field goal and you miss it. It's things like that. The Raiders went through that. The Raiders could not get in the freaking end zone. They got picked two times. They went four for 12 on third down. They missed the field goal as well. Um, their their run defense is not very good. They allowed 149 yards to the Giants, and no, they didn't have Saquon. Oh, like 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 always. To me, the most intriguing stat was they won in the air game, 286 to 96. The Giants barely can get anything going throughout the year. Daniel Jones' stat line was 15 for 20, 110 yards, and a touchdown. 110 yards and they won the game. Yeah, that you know that's got to hurt for the Raiders. That's got to hurt for the Raiders. A lot of, you know, like kind of like the Jaguars game with the Bills. Another team I forgot 
to mention of, of, of the winners. I keep forgetting to mention all these teams who have upset. That's I made the segment for a reason, and I'm forgetting some of the teams who won. But a lot of times when upsets happen, that's how they happen. Besides the Denver-Dallas game, that's another example. But another way is you're playing well, but you're not getting the you're not just you're just not getting it done at the end. And the other teams just fighting for dear life and they get a few opportunities and they just get them and they capitalize. That's what happened. Devontae Booker had 21 carries for 99 yards, 23 throughout the air. Rudolph and Ingram were solid, I guess. The Raiders you know, some of their stars got involved. Waller had 92 yards. Kenyon Drake had a monster game. That 70 yards through the air. But this one's got to hurt for the Raiders. It, it, it's got to hurt. It has to hurt. It has to hurt a lot for the Raiders to lose this kind of game. One more loser. And look, the Bills are not a loser. Actually, one more winner. Excuse me. I, one that I unfortunately forgot to mention. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't want to go into detail, but you know I feel bad for the fans who have had to deal with this all year, and I also feel bad for some of the fans who didn't want him. I didn't, didn't even want them to win the game because they looked at the team and like, hey, we could tank. Look, the Jets have two wins now, and now the Jaguars have two wins, and the Miami Dolphins have two wins now. In the span of two weeks, I, we've seen Ross. Some of the worst rosters in football start winning games. As as the year goes by, I'm start I'm starting to figure out that the Texans and Lions, the two teams that I thought were playing hard early in the year, and I'm serious, they were they were playing hard. And some games, teams had to work to beat them. Remember, the Houston destroyed Jacksonville to begin the year, and now what we're what we're watching is the Lions and Texans are kind of are going to compete for the number one pick. I don't think it's over. I think the Jets are still going to be in it. I think the Jaguars could still be in it. I think the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins only won because they played a team that's just as bad as they were, and was even more depleted than they are, and was even I'm more of a joke than they are. At least the Dolphins can feel like they have more talent, and they're you know they're in the Deshaun Watson race and all this other stuff. The Texans have no future. They have nothing going for them. The Texans. They didn't. Ha- they don't have a past. They don't have a present. They don't have a future. They don't really have much going for them right now. For the Texans. Oh, and they don't have assets. Oh, and I mentioned their team's very bad as well. They don't have anything going for them. But the Jaguars, they won nine to six against the Bills, and and this is not just a big win. This is a huge win. I don't know what it does to like Urban Meyer's confidence or like the team being behind him. You know, Trevor Lawrence and all this other stuff. I don't know, like, what, what, what does it, that's what I want to ask. What does it do for the Jaguars? Like, no one look, I mean, honest question. Do people look at the Jaguars and say, are they really, a, are they really a team for the future? They have a, a future quarterback. And look, I, I noticed in the game, anybody, anybody can notice in the game, James Robinson not being there. You know, that, you know, that had to hurt a little bit. You know, it hurt them a little bit. I think, look, the Jaguars gave them opportunities. They, the Jaguars were giving the Jaguars were giving them opportunities to stay in the game. And I'm talking about the Bills. Missed, look, did they miss a field goal? Yeah, the, the Jaguars had missed a field goal. 
they kept missing opportunities. I think it was one time, if I'm not mistaken, before the half, they you know they couldn't get the ball, you know they couldn't get any points. The Jaguars were just missing opportunities after opportunities. It was bad, and I know Buffalo got penalized like crazy during the game as well. That's one thing that hurt them. The pick, the look, they played great defense on Josh Allen. If you're forcing Josh Allen to run out of the pocket and he can't even find anybody either way, you're doing something. You're doing something because that's what they do, and they find somebody, and he wasn't able to do that. I don't care what you do. You hold an elite team to six points. You did something. You did something right. But I, I think that takes some intrigue off the number one pick. Um, can you imagine the Jaguars get the number one pick for a second straight year? At this rate, it doesn't seem like it. The Lions are just, they're very bad. I, and I still think they're going to get a win against someone. I think the Lions are going to, they're going to beat somebody when you least expect it. We've tried to predict the Lions win. People, even me included, were hot on the, they might beat the Eagles and the Eagles, the Eagles, they gave it all to them. Philadelphia, I mean, they're playing, they're not playing bad so far, the Eagles. Here's another loser, the Minnesota Vikings. They come off of, I would call it a pretty embarrassing defeat to the Cowboys with a backup quarterback at home. Look, this was not embarrassing. You shouldn't have shame to lose to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But you're a good team yourself, and the standard should always be higher for the Vikings. Uh, they lost the game they blew. And that's, you know, that, that's really as straightforward as it gets. They lost the game they kind of blew. They, uh, they didn't have a 30-point lead or anything, but they, had, they were convincing throughout the game. And even during overtime, they forced the fumble on Lamar Jackson. They, they forced the fumble um, on the Ravens. And even then, even then, and was it a fumble? Was it an interception? I, I forgot what it was. I forgot what it was. I think, I don't, I don't, I, I don't even recall. I think the Ravens, or did they force a three and out? I cannot remember. I cannot remember what they. I cannot remember during the game exactly what happened, but they had an opportunity. First, Baltimore had their opportunity. Then Minnesota. It looked like, oh my God, they 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 might just steal this game. The next score wins. They might just steal it, and they, I think they go three like three and out. They didn't do anything, and Baltimore just wins the game. Like Minnesota, it's like opportunities like that. Games are not going to come to them when you when you're playing Lamar Jackson. He's going to take it. He's going to take it. The Vikings got out, and it's not like they were dominating and some fluky. No, they got outgained 500 to 318. 247 to 131. And I know Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson can just run himself. That's the issue with Ravens. You look at the overall team stats, you look at their overall rushing numbers, and you're like, wait a second. They're one of the best running teams in football. Lamar Jackson's their leading rusher. And it's not close. He had 120 yards on Sunday for 21 carries. That's a problem. And it's not a huge problem because they're winning. But I'm saying in the long run, it's going to be a problem. It, it, it could be a problem. Um, 
not because it's he's not throwing enough. It, that that narrative's long gone. It's he could get injured trying to have to carry this team. And I, I you know, that's if there's any concern on the Ravens, it's that their defense is not all that, but they will have their games where the pass rush is is all over the is all over the opposing team. Look at the the passing numbers are pretty bad as well. The Vikings didn't crack two hundred yards. Kirk Cousins didn't crack two hundred. He had he, he was seventeen for two for twenty eight for one eighty seven yards. He wasn't messing up. He wasn't he didn't have a terrible game. Dalvin Cook had a really good game, but it's just losing another close you can't look the Vikings have been in so many of these close games throughout the season. They won some of them, lost some of them. Three and five doesn't shock me with the Vikings. I knew this team was five hundred written all over it. Um, they don't, unfortunately, they don't play in the AFC where it's so crowded. Um, actually, I, 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 actually, I will rephrase that: the NFC, not the AFC. Not they would not make it in the AFC. The NFC, thankfully, they're playing with such terrible competition for that top, for that final seed. Serious, I'm, I mean, I mean seriously, I still think they're better than the Falcons. I still think the Niners are better than the Falcons. Even the Carolina, who the Carolinas beat them. So, even the, the Saints are sort of falling into that trap as well. The Saints, we could, you know, the Saints we could probably claim as a loser as well. We could claim it. Oh, and by the what? By the way, with the Vikings. You know, I know people are going to continue to talk about Zimmer and his job, but what else did you expect? Is anybody expecting him to lead this team into a Super Bowl? Seriously, no. As for the Saints, you know, their loss to the Falcons, you know, they're kind of in that mix as well. But I think the Saints are just a little above. They're probably the better coach team. I think there are a few moves on offense from being superior to them as well. Their defense is the best one. They, they could have maybe the best defense in the NFC. And that's saying a lot. I, I think the Saints, we're going to get a few games where the, the Saints are going to beat teams that are pretty good. And they're going to drop a few games where like you're, you're, you shake your head why. I think that's what happens when you're a good defensive team. Some, you're going to give hell to the best teams. And sometimes you're going you're, you're just going to drop a few games. The teams that are at your level or just not even that. Now, my next, you know, it's just a little segment, and that's and that is going to be just probably talking about the playoffs, and even I'll probably try try to add a prediction, but I'm just going to go over the state of the the postseason so far and the race. Right now in the AFC, actually I'm gonna start off in the NFC. Dallas, they they seem to have control in the NFC East. I look as long as they don't drop their next game to Atlanta, they will be fine. They drop that game to Atlanta, I think there will be a panic. But even even that six and three, you don't lose two games to average teams on back to back occasions at home. You just don't. You just don't. Now. Philadelphia losing to the Chargers, I know that's 
save the Chargers for the rest of the year. It could be, but the Eagles, this could have done a lot of favors for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like seriously, this game would have done them a lot of favors. This game would have, they beat the Chargers. They would have been four and five and they would have been right in the thick of things for that seventh seed. And they would have only been two games back, two and a half games back of the Cowboys. And like, I'm not saying that they're going to catch up, but things happen. Now, the Packers, they have a, they have everything under control. They could lose their next two, and I still think they'll be under control in the NFC North, despite the Aaron Rodgers situation. In the South, the Saints lost, and they're still just one game back from the, the Buccaneers. I don't think you want to trail Brady in anything. He doesn't give it up. And the Cardinals and the Rams. The Cardinals are on top of the NFC West. It's nothing secure that the Rams right on their trails. I will say though, I will I will say this though, the Cardinals, they're probably the most impressive. They might have had the most impressive win on Sunday. When you consider they didn't have Kyler Murray going into that game. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins going into that game. Chase Edmonds is I mean, he's gonna be out for a few weeks now. He gets injured in that. J.J. Watt is not, you know, he's out for the year. You go into that game at San Francisco, and I thought the San Francisco Niners were going to turn some things around. And a team led by Colt McCoy went into into San Francisco and won. How do you, how, how does one explain that? No, like seriously, how does how does one explain that? You win with a backup quarterback. That's one thing. But you beat a pretty good, respectable team. And you, and you outgained them. You did all this other stuff. They outgained the, the 49ers by 100 yards. You would have thought Kyler Murray was still playing if you saw these numbers. Colt McCoy had 249 yards. He missed four throws in the freaking game. He had 119 passer rating. And Garoppolo didn't suck, but he still threw a pick. I mean, the, just this James Conner almost uh, cracked up 200. James Conner almost cracked 100 yards. He had two touchdowns. You know, the Niners just couldn't run the ball well. Mitchell had 36 yards on eight carries. It was not a very good game. Although, I think it was nice for them to see Kittle back. And Kittle playing well as well. But that that, that loss, that's got to suck for the 49ers. That really does. They, they win this game. They go 4-4. Four and four. And I've and I've always still believed I still believe the Niners are a better team than Atlanta, but that win's just got to sting. They're three and five with Seattle right now, and Seattle could soon be getting Wilson, and that's an issue because Seattle with Russell Wilson, they're they're a playoff team again. And I, and I think I mentioned last week as well, Seattle in this playoff race for that seventh seed. It, I don't, I'm not gonna predict them to get in, but if Wilson, the sooner Wilson gets back. I mean, they can pull off more wins, and that and that is always important, man. If Russell Wilson gets back, especially this week, who they're only three and five, they're only three and five. That that win against the Jaguars did them some favors. They're only three and five. So look, this is the race of the seventh seed. So look, so it's going to be Vikings. Saints. I'm gonna add the. Should I add the Saints? They're not far off. I'll I'll not include the Saints, just for this week's sake. 
they drop another game, they're in it, whether they want to or not. We're going to put the Vikings, the Falcons, the Panthers. That's three. The Seahawks and 49ers. That's five. That's five teams trying to get the seventh seed. You got the Saints who might be the sixth seed if they don't drop games like they did against Atlanta because they're better than everybody else in of those teams. And then whoever doesn't win the NFC West, whoever whoever comes out second is going to be the fifth seed. I'm actually going to pull up the the playoff picture. I'm just looking at the divisional standings right now. Well, here it is. Here it is. So Arizona in the NFC, this is the playoff standings currently. Not a shocker. Arizona's number one. Green Bay's number two. Tampa Bay's number three. Dallas number four. The Rams are fifth. New Orleans is sixth. And Atlanta is seventh. And actually, Atlanta, you know, I haven't even mentioned it. They probably benefited the most, not only from their win, but from all these teams losing. They won, and the Vikings lost. The 49ers lost. Who else lost? And the Panthers lost. They all lost, and they won. Um, and they're still, and I still consider them to be the worst team of them all. Hey, listen, if Atlanta beats Dallas somehow, and I'm just saying somehow, I, I don't know. They might be the better team, and you can't even say that DVOA stuff anymore. You, They're 5-4, and four, and some of these teams might drop more games. But for right now, I mean, like Atlanta, they're the seventh seed. But then there's Carolina's eight, Minnesota's ninth, Seattle's tenth, San Francisco's eleventh, and look, even the Eagles are still twelve. Eagles and Giants. I'm gonna say this right now: they pull one or look. If a lot of these teams drop a game, and these guys win two of their next three, perhaps. They're kind of in it as well. They'll have to be kind of in it. The Eagles, if the Eagles can rattle two wins of the next three, they're five and seven. They're five and seven. And how and how behind are they really going to be? But yeah, that loss hurts. That loss very very much hurts for the the Eagles. Eagles could have been right with number eight Carolina, right behind the Falcons. You know, I, I think when it's all said and done. Carolina, their offense is going to keep them out of games. Carolina, I think their defense, and just sometimes sometimes they're not very good in late-game situations, although they've been coming up with wins. I think the Vikings, in terms of overall roster, they're a little better than everybody else, but they just continue to drop close games. And at the end of the day, if you're losing, you're losing. Seattle, with Wilson coming back, they might be the favorite now. They might be, although they're three and five, they have, do have some ground to make up. And I think the Niners are in the same boat with the Vikings, but they're just not winning games. I think Seattle, if Wilson, if it's true that he's coming back sooner than I thought, I think Seattle's the favorite. I think you, how, how can you not? I think he's the favorite. 
The only downside would be he plays in the NFC West. He's going to have the games against the Cardinals, against the Rams, against the Niners. And he's going to have – look, the Panthers, the Falcons, they'll, they'll just beat up on each other. They have some games against the Saints. But, I mean, games against the Saints and the Bucks are going to be difficult. Vikings, I think they're going to have – look, the Vikings are going to get games against the Lions and the Bears and obviously Green Bay. But Seattle with Wilson, you cannot bet against them. My prediction would be Seattle gets in. It's hard for me to think Wilson along the way just finishes beneath 500. And then again, something I think something wacky might happen too. Hey, if New Orleans starts dropping games, they're right in it too. And it becomes a race of who gets the six and seven seeds. As for the AFC, the number one seed is Tennessee. Number two would be the Ravens. Number three would beat the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. Four, in an ironic twist, it's the Bills. Five is the Raiders. Six are the Steelers. Seven are the Patriots. I'm going to be honest, that's a pretty good playoffs right there. That is very good. Ravens against Patriots would be, oh my goodness, it would be amazing. Steelers against Chargers would be very good. Bills, Raiders, it'll be okay. It'll be it'll be pretty good. I think a lot's going to happen. I think Baltimore might win the division, but they're going to have tough games against all these teams. Tennessee has to continue to win and show that because we don't, we still don't know how long they're going to be able to keep it up without a star running back. Who else? The the Chargers they're still going to have some tough games in their own division. They they still got to worry about the Raiders, the Chiefs if they ever if they ever wake up, and even and look the Broncos if we see what we saw against Dallas, they're a tough out defensively especially. So the Chargers are not a sure thing in, but and look Buffalo, Buffalo they're going to be mad now, and they still have some easy games. They they got some ground to make up. The Raiders and the Steelers and the I think New England when it's all said and done, I think they're going to be the fifth seed. And it's not to say that Steelers and the Raiders are not to their level. I think Pittsburgh and I would love to see Pittsburgh play New England. I I would love that matchup. Pittsburgh's got to play games against the Browns. They got to play games against the um, the Bengals, the Ravens. Their division's just tougher. New England, I mean, they will have some games, but I think New England will have some games where they, they'll be able to win. Pittsburgh's just got they got other problems on offense every once in a while. They haven't been showing that, but who knows? I think Pittsburgh and yes, Pittsburgh and New England are the most likely, but I think New England. At five, the way they're playing, I don't see them dropping games. Raiders are not a sure thing, though, because here's on the bubble. Here's the eighth is the Chiefs, five and four. Ninth are the Browns, five and four. Tenth are the Bengals, nine and uh, five and four. Eleventh are the Broncos, five and four. And then twelfth is the uh, Colts at four and five. Colts are a huge wild card. Colts are a huge. Keep an eye on because look, Denver. Denver is going to have Denver, Kansas City, Chargers, uh, and Raiders. They're all going to end up beating on each other. I think the Chargers might win the division. They're, they might be the, fi- the, the final survivor, but I think they're all going to beat up on each other. Browns are in that same spot, but the Browns, I mean, are you going to tell me the Browns are not 
on the level of all these teams. I can talk about this for hours on who's the best team of all this bunch. Again, I think New England's in the middle of this too. By the way, they're seventh if it started today. But I think I think with their schedule, I think they're going to be able to they're going to be able to get through some games. They will. And Pittsburgh's got a tough out. Vegas has got to have they're gonna have some brutal games coming up. They got some brutal games coming up. On top of that, they still gotta play. Look, the NFC East is an easy division, but they haven't played Dallas yet. New England has. New England's already been through Dallas. The Raiders haven't. The Raiders still have to place these other, uh, all, all these really good teams in their division. And then they got the Cowboys too. Kansas City does as well. I mean, they these teams are going to have some big games. They're going to have some big games. And so do the Browns, the Bengals. The only thing that changes to your minds is who wins and who loses. Who does? If, if all these teams win next week, if some of them lose, but I, I think New England will be five. And look, nothing's also guaranteed. The, the Ravens could end up not even winning their division. But I, I think the I think the Ravens, in terms of making the playoffs, they're going to pile enough wins to the point where even if somebody just comes out and takes it from them, they're still going to be in the playoffs. I don't see Baltimore being nine and eight. No way, no way they're nine and eight. They would have to. They would have to go five and four to just be ten and seven. They would have to be sub five hundred for the rest of the way to just not to just get ten wins, and that's already all right. I think they're going to get 12, 11 wins. But yeah, that that's the playoff race right there. It's going to be very interesting, very very interesting what happens. And also about the about the. Um, not the lottery. That's an NBA thing. Who gets the number one pick? I know Detroit and Houston. They're they're in that little competition of theirs. But Miami is just not a very good football team. They are not. I think if Tua comes back and just plays well enough, they might get one or two more wins. The Jaguars. I think they're going to end up getting one or two, one or two more wins. Keep an eye on Washington for a second. They're two and six only. Oh, and the I mean, we know the Jets and their situation. But I, I think the Jets, if Mike White ever come if he comes back and then they have other issues to deal with. But I think they I think they're safe from being the worst team in football. For now. But keep an eye on Washington. Keep an eye on they've slowly they're morphing into easily one of the very worst teams in football. They've already been, but Hey, if Houston wins another game, if you know if Detroit finds a way to win, they're not far off. And Detroit, I mean, they could be Calvin Thibodeau could came on Thibodeau could be coming to Detroit for next year. Uh, Houston needs assets, so I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be a fun battle to the end in the playoffs. Any sort of whether it's division race, playoff race, it's going to be a very interesting battle. You know, who's the number one pick? They're all going to be very fun battles. But yeah, that I mean, that has been a good week of football, and I hope everybody has a great rest of the week. That is it for me. And yeah, I will see y'all next week.